a shorter version. Every week, I wish it was longer. Do we no, have we have an extended. We have an extended uh, version. Oh man! Wow. Well, we will. We'll have it next week. Hi, y'all. <laughs> Welcome back. I was like here, just relaxing, just like waiting for the the beat to go down here. Happy Wednesday, Brandon. How are you doing? Oh, happy Wednesday. It, I'm doing great. Uh, it's been a really, really nice week. Uh, been doing a lot of coding. Nice. I am officially a owner slash maintainer of the Xamarin Community Toolkit, which <gasps> if we have any Xamarin developers out there, it's a awesome open source library, also available on NuGet that has all those little niceties that you've probably been copy pasting from Xamarin app to Xamarin app in it so that you don't have to do that anymore. So Great. anything from like easily adding in a pop-up to maybe you want to use uh, an async command or maybe you want to do little things like that, like adding behaviors. Uh, it's all in there. So it's it's been a lot of fun, but um, it's as usual with me, um, taking on probably more work than <laughs> I had time for. But at the same time, we're in a pandemic, so I'm not going anywhere. Taking uh, on more of... work than you have time for. It's almost <laughs> as if you're in developer relations or something. What? <laughs> but, yeah, no, I really enjoy it. We've been digging deep. Like I'm, I'm kind of known as the the low level uh, guy. So like I like looking at performance things and sure. like we've had. Um, weird things happening where like unit tests were failing, but not every time. So it's weird race conditions where like certain things were happening on .NET framework versus .NET core windows versus Mac. And so um, getting all these, these things shored up before the next release and kind of fixing up our, our CI pipelines so that uh, we run all of our unit tests and all of them pass. And then we know new code introduces bugs instead of, Oh yeah, that's the test that always fails. You can ignore that test. So um, yeah, kind of getting like a good foundation, but stay tuned because we are going to be doing live community standups where mm. the maintainers, there's, I think five of us, maybe six. Um, we already meet, but we'd like to do those in public because it is an open source repo. We'd like to share our vision and our roadmap that way fellow developers can submit pull requests that kind of align to the theme we'll be focusing on and, Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun, but yeah. Ooh, right I love that. So you've basically not only open source the project, but you're open sourcing like the maintaining process and like letting it be in open discussion with the community as it should be. That should be a GitHub feature. 100%. Yeah. Oh, that'd be amazing. And, oh, ooh, we should pitch this guests. to our guests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm really big on if it's open source, the discussion should happen in an open source manner as well. And yeah. there's been a couple times where uh, somebody will ping me on the side about an issue or a pull request. And it's like, Oh, Nope. Let's talk about this in the pull request. Let's talk about this in the issue because otherwise somebody else is going to have the same question or they might have a similar concern. So let's keep it all in the open. But yeah, so I've been working way too much on that, but enjoying every minute. I love, I love getting into this nitty gritty low-level code stuff, fixing obscure bugs. I'm weird like that. Wait, How I kind of love week? this. Well, <laughs> no, I was just going to say I love this, and I can't wait to bring in our guests a little bit later because we're going to have some really interesting chats about developer relations today, y'all. I just cannot yes. wait. Um, but I love that you – I've 
there's just so much of a change of landscape happening with everything happening online. I mm. love that you can bring in the community now to like help with those decisions. Cause I'm sure as an open source maintainer, there's probably questions you get all the time uh, with official app of the show, Get Trends, um, where it's like, hey, why don't you have this feature? Why don't you add this? Like, There's kind of a unique opportunity with everything online now to bring everybody into the discussion. So I love yeah. this. And, and as a maintainer, uh, it'll also help kind of, I don't want to say we are turning away pull requests because we're really not. But if if we're focusing on something for the next sprint, then it can kind of help align the pull request that the community might submit. So if we say, yeah. hey, this next one's focused on um, performance improvements, then you can kind of submit your performance improvements PRs and those will get prioritized. So, you know, we'll approve those sooner than if you were to submit a new button control or something like that. So, yeah, I think it's good for everybody. And yeah. I love the idea of like GitHub having a, uh, some sort of platform like that just built in because you could like go live on GitHub and be like, we're going to have a discussion. Like you could subscribe yeah. to the project and it'd be like, we're going to have an open discussion about this. Ooh, Brandon, we're going to build this. This is going to be our <laughs> new project. <laughs> you heard project. it here first. <laughs> I, I love that. That's so cool. Um, Where can people check out info on that? If they want to join the party, join the community. Yeah, so it it is all open source. It is all on GitHub. It I would just Google Xamarin Community Toolkit, Sweet. and I mean you can find it under the Xamarin org on GitHub. So it's probably GitHub.com slash Xamarin slash Community Toolkit. If I had to guess, but Amazing. Community Toolkit Xamarin, Bing it on Google, Google Google it on Bing. <laughs> uh, I said that backwards. Bing it there goes on Bing. <laughs> Ash Jeeves it on being. Um, well, speaking of uh, nostalgic uh, Ash Jeeves type things, you may notice, Brandon, that I'm wearing a Clippy shirt today. Um, yes. This is an 8-bit looking Clippy shirt by the wonderful Mark, who I know from Twitter, and all the proceeds went to Girls Who Code. So I, of course, got in multiple colors. Um, and uh, I'm just, I'm repping the Clippy shirt today because last week we were talking about Kairu the um right. the dolphin from the clippy cinematic universe of uh office assistants and i had a lot of folks tweeting me about kairu after that episode brandon and um there is a very exciting thing i am not a part of this but i feel that i am like spiritually a part of this there's this new thing called vs code pets have you heard of this <laughs> <laughs> yes okay so y'all Check it out. Um, you can go on Twitter, do a little search. I've been tweet retweeting it a bunch. But Mark and the gang have been making VS Code Pets, which is these animated little, almost like Tamagotchi-like um, pals that you can have in your uh, VS Code editor. And Clippy has joined the gang. Clippy on a skateboard. Clippy with a hat. He kind of stole our logo idea with 8-Bit with the hat. Um, <laughs> But I'm so I, – I feel, Brandon, that we had a very – the timing here is fascinating. You know, we talk about pers or uh, office assistants on the show, these VS Code pets. Oh, the dolphin. Yes, uh, Alex Truss says, oh, I love the dolphin. Kyrie the dolphin. We are huge fans here. We forgot to make the merch for this episode, Brandon. Um, 
But, uh, okay, other than office assistant things, what have I been doing this week? Um, last week, as in last Friday, I've been – so I think I may have mentioned this on the show before. I have a really cool five-minute segment every Friday on the new Learn TV show, Hello World, uh, which is a daily show that's happening live on Learn TV. Um, uh, Microsoft Learn TV. Ding. It's a little promotion there. <laughs> and um, it's been really great because I get five minutes to literally shout from the rooftops to everyone how awesome all the student things going on at Microsoft are. So we've talked a little bit on the show about Microsoft Student Ambassadors. I've talked a little bit about Imagine Cup. And oh my goodness, my guest last week, um, we will share a link in the show notes that I will share with you, Brandon. But uh, Aditya, who is one of our Microsoft student ambassadors who participated in the Imagine Cup in India, was one of the uh, regional finalists, I believe, made this app called CodeShare. Oh, I'm going to find the link to it here. Um, but it's really incredible. Um, a lot of folks don't have access to computers um, where he's from, and a lot of classrooms only have one to two devices. So they built a app for the Imagine Cup where you can hand write code. So you can write out your function, take a picture of it. It will upload the code and run the code for you. It's really, really incredible, really cool app. Um, I just get so inspired this time of year because um, for folks who don't know, it's Imagine Cup season, which I work over in the academic area of Microsoft. Um, and it's a really exciting time because folks from all over the world, students get to compete in the Imagine Cup, which is this competition we have yearly where students can submit projects that are changing world in education and the environment in so many different ways. And there's finalists. We're doing it all virtually this year, of course. Um, but it's been really, really inspiring. I feel like Whitney Houston every time I work with either MSAs or the Imagine Cup students because it's like I'm, men I'm uh, mentoring this year. I'm helping judge. I've been talking to a lot of these students and I'm just like, I believe the children are future because these people – these students are going to be my bosses someday. They're some of the smartest, coolest. They really give me hope for technology and a better tomorrow. So um, <laughs> my heart has been very full all week, Brandon. That's amazing. And I get to feel, I feel like I get to kind of vicariously live through these students because I was not an Imagine Cup participant. I was not a Microsoft student ambassador. So I'm just kind of... Um, what is it? 21 Jump Street, uh, never been kissed my way into the situation. I'm, I'm going <laughs> undercover as a student and I get to kind of uh, experience it. And so for any students out there who are looking for really cool stuff to get involved in, highly recommend uh, participating in Imagine Cup, checking out the Imagine Cup. They're going to be doing a lot of live streams of the finals and stuff. So um, exciting things happening in the student world. So I'm a very uh, happy but exhausted person because time zones are uh very interesting <laughs> when dealing with students all over the world <laughs> lots of naps well what do you say we've got all these amazing folks here tuned in watching us live uh we've already got questions coming in from folks asking about the neon pizza slice i think it's time we bring in our guests oh yes okay so I'm so excited for our guest today. I think we're going to have some really cool, great discussions about developer relations. The first time that I saw, met this person, this is the before times, uh, I believe I was at GitHub at an event. And this person, they're going to have to correct me when they come on here, but I believe the title that they had was Beyonce Advocate. And I was like, 
I need to know who this person is, what they stand for, what kind of line of work they're in. Um, so everyone, welcome to the show, sir, <laughs> B. Dougie, welcome to 8-Bits. Hey. <laughs> Thank you. What, a, what an introduction. And, uh, <laughs> Did I butcher yeah. that title? <laughs> uh, the Beyonce of GitHub? Was it Beyonce Advocate? I feel like you have oh, like no, a very actually, specific yeah, yeah. one. Okay. I, I am very specifically the Beyonce Advocate. I've, I've claimed that title and uh, I'm owning that that role here at GitHub. And uh, there's a whole other story behind that. We're happy to, I'm happy to go into it. But yeah, happy to also be here. But should I answer the question <laughs> about the uh, the pizza first? Oh, yes. Go for it. So for folks who are, who are listening to the podcast, there is a epic neon pizza sitting just ever so subtly behind uh b dougie's shoulder here explain (laughs) (laughs) excellent yeah yeah so i just recently passed three years here at github um back uh, about two weeks ago and uh for my anniversary gift my my manager my manager uh martin woodward decided to send me a surprise gift for crossing that threshold and he sent me this uh neon pizza sign um had no idea it was coming. Uh, but yeah, I think it actually came through Amazon because uh, I did look uh, – I was actually looking at this pizza sign for my own uh, purchasing. <laughs> uh, so he sort of read my mind. But um, uh, I, I run a project called uh, OpenSauce.Pizza, and uh, I tend to uh, – I guess you'd call me a pizza head. I host a lot of pizza <laughs> parties online, and uh, that's just, just what I do. I love it. I love that pizza – like. People have things that are synonymous with their brand. For me, Clippy. For Brandon, what would you say yours is? <laughs> the baseball hat. No. <laughs> and the bow Xamarin. for me. Yeah, Xamarin. And then we've got pizza with Sir, Sir B. Dougie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pizza's where it's at. And what happens in these meetups, in these pizza meetups? Is it, it is, is it a discussion on the pizza or is it a discussion on something else? What what yeah. are these secret so, pizza conversations? I, I have to kind of intro the project properly. Um, and I do I see some some pizza heads in the chat too as well. Um, <laughs> Anthony, uh, kind of my actual description on GitHub is mild-mannered Beyonce advocate, making open source accessible. Uh, so I should probably start using that and sharing that publicly. But uh uh, open source is a project that it was sort of a passion project I built a couple years ago to only really just focus on having a, a sort of platform to manage my contributions to open source projects. Because uh, I've always had the issue of like I find the project and then I'll forget forget it. I also got two small kids, so like my time is very limited. So I need to kind of get the best bang for my code. Um, which I'm not sure if that's a right analogy, um, but <laughs> if that falls in with the uh, I don't know. Hopefully you're, you're tracking into what I'm saying. But essentially, <laughs> I only have a little bit of time to write code. Uh, I need to go to a list of some sort to be able to find all the projects I was interested in, all the issues I was in- interested in. And that's what open source is. It's a project built on top of the GraphQL API for GitHub. Uh, and actually, I started building this before I joined GitHub. Um, funny story, I, I gave a talk at GitHub Universe uh, back in 2017. And uh, that talk is what introed me into starting the interview at GitHub. So um, <laughs> it's a project. It's a nice, cool dashboard that kind of works for me and kind of works for a couple other hundred people. Uh, but it's definitely still a work in progress. So please keep your expectations low and bring the pizza to you as well. I'm sharing my screen right now, Brandon, if you want to show it. Um, I just want to share my favorite parts of, first of all, beautiful website here is this quote from Gucci Maine: If you don't got sauce, then you lost. Um, I love this 
I am so excited to share this with folks. And Brandon, this is a space that you're very passionate about as well. I love pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I meant more the GitHub stuff, but pizza as well. We have had about the 7-Eleven pizza on this show before. Oh, <laughs> uh, my, my wife gets upset with me. I mean, literally, we had pizza for dinner last night. But she knows if I'm in charge of dinner, we're doing pizza. Uh, if... If she's ever just, yeah, go get whatever you want. I'm coming back with pizza. But yeah, also GitHub. Um, I have an app called Get Trends, G-I-T-T-R-E-N-D-S. You can check it out at gettrends.com. But also built on top of the GitHub GraphQL API that uh, helps you track your views, clones, stars, basically all the activity on your open source repos because all that data lives on GitHub, but it's kind of buried within the um buried within the repo you have to kind of click down into it to figure out yeah. just how many people viewed your github repo and i was finding that i would get a couple dozen views a week on code that i hadn't touched and had no idea so yeah get trends will not only give you all the stats so you can track your progress on stars and clones and all that fun stuff but it'll also send you a push notification if uh one of your repos is trending so maybe your app was featured on a show or in a blog post. And now all of a sudden you have this huge spike in people coming to clone your repo. It, you'll get a little push notification saying this repo is trending and you can obviously jump into it and make sure that <laughs> all that code's up to date. Make uh, sure you didn't leak your Twilio auth code or something. <laughs> yeah, remove those secrets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I like that app. And, um, the thing is, I've actually heard of it, and I think I probably played around with it, but then completely forgot that you were connected to it and uh, no it existed. Uh, but yeah, you, it's very true. The Insights tab on your repositories, you can find that information, but sometimes the information's not as accessible or known uh, for folks. So definitely, if you have a repo, check out the Insights tab, but also definitely check out Kit Trends because I love the idea of if you sort of... <laughs> hit the front page of Hacker News or something happened. Uh, I've actually, it's I've had a couple days like that where a random project just gets a couple stars and a bunch of questions. And I'm like, all right, who's talking about me out there? I'm supposed to be promoting myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because the app will also show you where the traffic's coming from, which is really helpful too. So you can see what referred that traffic to your app. Ah, So if it did come from YouTube or a blog post, you can kind of walk backwards or... Is that the right word? <laughs> dig dig into it yes. to figure out um, where this all started, too. I love it. I'm the, I need to, like, get on it. I'm the only person on the show who doesn't have their own GitHub app, y'all. I'm going to – well, <laughs> I, I just become an advocate for um, VS Code. I'll do GitHub Clippy Pets. I'll just pivot over to that area. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you want to underhand pitch, uh, I've been doing a lot of live streaming on Twitch and uh, I've been building this thing called the Baybot, and Baybot's <gasps> been my sort of integration for my Twitch chat into, uh, well, it's actually hosted on GitHub Pages. So it's a really cool tool to sort of get your feet wet and doing Twitch interactions. Okay. But I have the sort of the successor to that, which uh, I call Git Twitch, uh, and we've been doing live streams on a regular basis. Actually, starting again tomorrow is part three, where we're going to be integrating github into twitch so that way every time people interact with your repo while you're live on the air you get notifications <gasps> i so love that and clone that and host that on github pages by all means wait tell me more about this baybot though go back go back <laughs> right, you I that bed. too fast <laughs> yes yeah, so baybot is um it's a thing i actually announced uh at satellite last year as a joke and then i ended up just building it 
Um, but I've always done, I've been doing live streaming for about a year, um, off and on for about, uh, about three years. Um, but really focused, uh, in the last, <laughs> during this last year of 2020. And now we're currently 2001 dash two final TXT. <laughs> um, so with that being said, I learned a lot about streaming, but what I also learned is very hard to know how to write code to build integrations and APIs yeah. with like YouTube and Twitch. It's all known information, but the docs are kind of dense, and you kind of have to. I've like, relied very be heavily there. on folks like you, folks like um, Chef Brent out there, who's been really yeah. like openly sharing how they've been doing this stuff. Because I agree, like the, it's not the easiest. When I touched OBS two years ago, I was like, "Nope, I'm good. Like I'll come back after some other yeah. people have figured it out." <laughs> Yeah, so the Baybot is basically, it is it is an index.html file with some script tags. So like I have no frameworks, like intentionally, because I want anybody to be able to approach this with needing, without needing to know, you know, the history of all of React and JS, JSX and virtual DOM. Like, I just want you to be able to look at the index.html, look at the job, the, the couple JavaScript files that I have, and then kind of know what what's happening and then run with it. And that's what the, that's really what the Baybot is there. So support the beehive, uh, all the pizza heads out there that would like to make interactions on their Twitch um, streams. And what is your, is your Twitch handle BDougieO? Yes, it okay. is BDougieO. Amazing. I, I uh, subscribed yesterday, but for anybody out there listening, we're going to get you the eight bits bump. <laughs> is, is there an actual pizza head? Because if so, I'm in. Like a big so, pizza-shaped mask. <laughs> oh, so we don't have the mask, it. but you know what? I should probably get that made. So my older brother, he's an he's an artist, um, and he actually uh, created a couple pizza heads for my my stream. So if you do come on stream, uh, you can definitely have access to the, the pizza heads in chat, as well as on our Discord as well in the Open Sauce Discord. I'm a pretty big uh, 90s Nickelodeon fan, if you couldn't tell from my bright orange hair. And I keep thinking of um, there was Ear Boy on all that, and his best yeah. friend was Pizza, Pizza Face. Face. Yeah. Oh, I'm right there that. with you. I I'm <laughs> yeah. pretty sure we're in the same generation. Um, yeah. At least a couple years apart. But um, yeah, I, I'm a, I was a big – actually, I couldn't say I was really a big Pizza Head or Pizza Face fan. Uh, I was kind of weirded out by it, but mm -hmm. I was a huge All That fan. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. how else would a bunch of people our age have an obscure knowledge of Ross Perot? <laughs> <laughs> wow, so many memories. Yes. Uh, funny story, though. Uh, the, one of the producers from all that, uh, my wife, actually watched their kids uh, oh, years wow. later. So like, it was kind of surreal because I would ask them a lot of questions whenever I'd be over there. Uh, and we'd be like, oh, yeah. So like Amanda Bynes, like, what's, how's she doing? Because oh, I'm really concerned. I, I can tell you a lot about that. That's been my uh, that's been my pandemic is going down rabbit holes of '90s nostalgia, pop culture, latest news. Um, so, yeah. well, I'll have you on my other show for that, Ryan. But I have a lot to say. Uh, we can go a deep dive. Yeah, I think wow. actually the introduction to get on this show, I think you had responded to my. Cinderella, Beyonce, <gasps> not Beyonce, Brandy uh, yes. tweets about how relevant that uh, that movie was for me. And also, you also mentioned Whitney Houston. Um, but yeah, all good stuff. 
Yeah, I I actually think the nice thing, Keenan Thompson is a national treasure. Yes. I agree, Alex Trost. I legitimately spent over an hour last week watching every single so y'all, if you're not familiar, Keenan Thompson, because I know we have some <laughs> international viewers here, has had the same job his whole life. Like he was a child, um, like SNL type show actor on all that, and now he does that as an adult. And when I tell you I watched over an hour worth of footage of the what's up with that show from oh, SNL, which is show. literally just a beautiful, it's, it's what I aspire to do. Like truly was watching this as a masterclass of like, how do you get your dream job of being like, I want everybody to just celebrate me in a room and be very excited and dance around repeatedly multiple times over the course of my life. Like I aspire, I think Keenan Thompson is one of the greatest entertainers of our time. I just rewatched good burger. It still holds up. Um, I, I love it. (laughs) Oh, and I love, uh, was that Jason Sudeikis in the tracksuit just doing the running man? Oh, yes. Like everybody's playing music and singing. (laughs) He's just just doing the running man. (laughs) I actually think that a lot of my early interest in like technology and like wanting to play with like robots and cell phones and and things of that nature came from those shows, came from like the All That's, the Keenan and Kells. Like they always had some weird radio device or like, I know we've talked on the show before, Brandon, about me watching Xenon and being like, oh my gosh, video chat is the future. And someday I'm going to be able to video chat with all my friends. And now I'm just video chatting full time for my job. (laughs) But did you have any kind of like, it sounds like we came up in that very similar era, Brian. What kind of was your tech influence to get into this world? Yeah, I mean, I was definitely a Nickelodeon's kid for sure. I mean, I was like a big Doug funny fan um, because, you know, I am I am Doug and Dougie as well. That's right. Uh, so yeah, I, I related with with Doug Funny as well as Rocco's Modern Life. But as far as getting into tech, um, I always had uh, like we had this uh, computer in our compact our, our apartment complex, and that was like sort of our gateway into the internet and computers. And uh, some like magically, some older kid, uh, probably a high school at this point, uh, showed us how to play Wolfenstein on it oh. and like we thought we were hackers because we could see run wolfenstein and uh yeah i i we spent way too much time <laughs> playing wolfenstein in the apartment complex uh, clubhouse wow brandon have you played wolfenstein oh so i i missed the first one but they later later came out with a game called return to castle wolfenstein <gasps> and that's yeah. when i was introduced to the franchise and found out that it was like the og Kind of, I guess you call it the first person shooter, right? Like, was it? Yeah, was one, it of the, one of the first. Doom? Yeah, uh, I think it actually predated Doom for sure. Um, yeah. But someone's going to definitely correct me. Some, <laughs> well, one of the reply guys are going to come on. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. And then from there, that just kind of like that was the entry point. Then, like, like oh, yeah. these things do games. Yeah, always. <laughs> uh, I always had like the interest in computers. I'd be to be quite frank. My my, I have a twin brother uh, since birth. Um, funny fact, <laughs> uh, we are one month younger than the Olsen twins. Um, oh, wow. so that's like the, those were always the, the twins when we explained, oh, we're twins, we're identical. Uh, the Olsen <laughs> twins are fraternal. Anyway, that's a whole, I did a whole tweet thread about this. Uh, so definitely go back in my Twitter storm. Um, but, uh, my twin brother is actually way more technical and handy. And it's, it's funny cause I work at a technical company and I do 
development and he um, he does other stuff like marketing. But what I'm getting at is we've just always had uh, a computer kind of close by. So like when you mentioned like Neopets, uh, I didn't get quite into Neopets, uh, but I got straight into GeoCities. So like we were making yes. these random websites with stuff spinning around, making oh, sparkles yeah. and stuff like that. Angel um, Fire, all Angel of Fire. that. Yeah, we were doing all yeah. that stuff. Um, and um, yeah, from there, I think once I, I took a web design or web class in in high school and uh, we had to build a, a website, which, yeah, on Dreamweaver. I'm just going to name a bunch of tools. Just, oh, y'all just, you know, high five me if you if you know, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, those in the back, tell me what's up. Um, but what I'm getting at is we uh, we had to build a DreamWorker site, and because I already knew what I was doing, I built it in like two weeks, and it was like a workout site because I was into like working out, but I couldn't gain weight. I was actually really <laughs> severely under underweight growing up. But what I'm getting at is uh, I built this website on like all these workout tips, and I took my face and then photoshopped it onto a like ripped person back before that was cool and i made it pretty believable so you had like my he- my head on like a muscular body and then i had a bunch of workout tips so like that was exactly what i did for the entire semester for that class and then i had this uh floppy drive that i put S- um, the super nintendo emulator on Ooh. it and i brought that to class and all the computers were networked. So then folks figured out that I was just playing Super Nintendo games the entire time in high school. <laughs> to the point where folks, everybody else, all the other students were all like asking me how I did that. And then they would all go into my network drive that had my name on it with my, my website that was awful. Uh, I, w- I really wish I still had a version of that somewhere so I can share everybody how great I was. Uh, I actually called it Big, Bop- Big Papa Bees uh, or something about... Something really silly like that. And it was basically just workout tips. But um, it got to the point by the end of the semester, we had the teacher playing with us, uh, Super Nintendo, because uh, he, he eventually figured it out that everybody was just like not working and they were playing games. <laughs> so it's like, hey, how do I, how can I play some games? And like we would just play networked, like multiplayer Super Nintendo, Super Nintendo games um, for the entire semester. So that's why I'm so good at what I do. <laughs> I love this. I love this origin story. Like just taking over the school with the power of gaming, even getting the teacher to buy in on this is just the, this should be a movie, right? <laughs> well, what's, what's interesting is starring uh, Keenan Thompson though. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Please. We're going to green light it. Is doing the running man. Uh, yeah. What I found really interesting is uh, a lot of folks, myself included, their first introductions to computers or we'll say uh, computer systems are through gaming. So whether that's computer games, video games on the console. And then if you're like us, you're kind of your next question is, how does that work? Can I do it? And that's kind of how you get into it. So I love that the teacher embraced it instead of saying, no, video games are rotting your brain. They're a waste of time. We're in school. We're here to learn. Uh, instead, just, yeah, feed that creativity in. Then you can ask the kids, hey, how, how do you think that works? Or how do you think he jumps so high? Or what do you, how would you do it? And then, yeah, you can turn that into that learning experience. So I love that. I also am so jealous you got to do this stuff in high school. Yeah. I didn't have anything like this in high school. I didn't write my first line of code until I got to college. And I felt so far behind. Uh, Everybody in class was able to do the hello world, no problem. And I'm like, what's static void main? I don't don't understand what's going on here. 
Yeah. I was just well, thinking about in high school, I was in garage band doing remixes of my friends doing sound clips. So they'd be like, I don't want to go to third period. I don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I was way behind. <laughs> what's What's really intriguing about uh, your statement too as well, because I, I felt like it was just so normal to sort of tinker with stuff. Right. That I never actually took it seriously. So, like, I didn't write any code in college. Um, I didn't actually start writing code again until a- after I graduated college. And it was just sort of a um, – the iPhone was about to, to come out. The Android phones were were about out at that point. And I was like, oh, Android phones. Like, I can learn how to write code. And uh, that's where I sort of revisited this, like, years later. Uh, because for whatever reason, like, running scripts or, you know, getting your, you know, LAN party or your servers up and running – I felt like it was it was kind of trivial. Like I was familiar with SourceForge and all that stuff, but I didn't have anybody saying like even my teacher. Like he was cool with me just playing games in class, but he wasn't like, "Hey, do you want to do something a little more advanced?" Um, so unfortunately, like I didn't actually pursue it until years later, thanks to the boot camps and and uh, iPhones and stuff like that. Interesting. So what what did you work on in college, or what did you major in in college? Uh, <laughs> what I worked on is trying to graduate, uh, but what I majored. <laughs> Uh, what I majored in was finance. Uh, and it really just came down to um, I did get uh, scholarships and I had 100% of my school paid for. So I took wow. the the safe route, which I thought was the safe route to get a finance degree because I figured if you could – I didn't have a lot of money growing up. So if I could learn how money works, then I could probably make some money. Uh, turns out that didn't work in 2008 when I graduated uh, <laughs> because no one was making money uh, and the entire market crashed. <laughs> so I, have, I had – eventually I had to pivot into – uh, taking a sales job uh, in IT. And that's where I sort of found my way back into uh, coding because in IT and then understanding the network equipment and SSHing into different servers, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty familiar. I kind of understand all this stuff. And then that sort of led to me building a website. Wow. Yeah. I love that. That's such a, I think that you're our first uh, person with a, did you say it was a finance degree? Yes, finance degree. Finance degree to tech. I love that kind of wiggle noodle path, as we've said on the show before, where like we get a lot of students who um, are like, or myself included, where it's like, I didn't go to school for this specific thing. Can I do this thing? And I love the way that you found yourself here is so cool. We've all we've got so many people in the chat talking about MySpace and World of Warcraft. We've this is quite a, a episode of nostalgia for us, y'all. <laughs> it is. And I honestly, MySpace is a, another. Like, if you go to, it's funny because if you go to my my GitHub profile, GitHub.com slash speedduggy, uh, you'll see a MySpace page. And uh, back in <gasps> the summer, right. yeah, back in the summer, I was like, you know, we're shipping this new feature because I I got a, a kind of a head start on what this feature was, um, which was GitHub profile readmes. And it allowed us to basically add custom code to present your projects, present yourself as a developer. And uh, we had this sort of internal challenge uh, for GitHub employees before we launched it to use this this feature and show us what you can do with it. So a bunch of employees did like really cool things with games. And uh, we had one engineer who actually recreated Neopets uh, in their profile page uh, where you could sort of feed it. And it was actually backed by a Heroku running server as well. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, another employee built chess where you can actually play chess so anybody can come to their profile and make a move. Ooh, we need to make and a then, ski-free cool. one. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, yeah. wow. And I think you could do that with some, like, some, of the, uh, some of the open source tools. You could really make that happen. Uh, really? But I ended up opting to make a MySpace page. And uh, the way it's, it works, it's, it's uh, top eight. 
and it's powered by GitHub Actions. So shout out to my employer who has cool tools and features to use. But um, every time you open up an issue, you could add yourself to my top eight. And then, and then actually you get added to the bottom list. So I have to actually bump you up. I should actually create a, a button to bump people up manually from the readme. Uh, if you, if you want to bump yourself up in the top eight, cause that was, uh, those were hard times back then trying to figure out who should be on the front page. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I think about like the amount of stress in my life for, for maybe some folks who weren't around for the days of MySpace. um, deciding who was in your top, well, it's, I think it started as top eight, and then it got very popular to have a top four. Yes. <sighs> Limiting your friend uh, group to that. Like, hey, why did you take me off your top eight? Are we okay? Or is everything There's cool? There's some hard questions. Oh, yeah. There's already enough drama in middle school and high school. Top four, yeah. top eight. <laughs> Just, wow. We don't, we don't need that. I apologize for bringing that back to GitHub <laughs> as a feature. <laughs> That's so great. I love this new trend. It Maybe it's just been on my radar a little bit more because this is 100% my aesthetic. Um, but I love this new trend of seeing a lot of um, nostalgia from the 90s like come into popular tech, like pop culture. Um, I started to see this a couple years ago and have been doing a lot of like beanie baby taxidermy. And like I'm, I'm about to take apart my Teddy Ruxpin live on stream. And I just like cannot wait to do this because I've been curious what's going on inside there since I was very, very little. Um, but I recently started reading some different books on how to hack uh, Tamagotchis. And so there's this whole era of folks that are in our age demographic who are now going back and like taking apart these different projects and things. And even last week, Brandon, we had a other Brian, Brian Benz, show us their incredible uh, vintage website that was quite a visual feast for the eyes of GeoCities brilliance. Yeah. <laughs> I've been very obsessed with those dolls, blinky dolls with a Z. Um, that's been my whole thing lately is is bringing back the the age and the era of AOL Instant Messenger that, I, that made me fall in love with tech. <laughs> oh man, I completely forgot about that. I definitely <laughs> stockholded um, a, quite a few of those discs from Target because you could always just create a new email and, and a new account to get another 30 days of free AOL. Yes. Um, <laughs> don't tell my parents though. <laughs> I was getting mine from Blockbuster. Blockbuster had an endless supply of yep. AOL online CD-ROMs mm-hmm. that uh, are in a landfill right now, I'm sure. <laughs> I heard that, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it feels like it, that the CEO at the time, his goal was to make enough of those CDs for one for every person on the planet, Oh, which is probably why we're just inundulated with AOL <laughs> CDs back in the 90s. Like, you could use them as silverware, as Frisbees. <laughs> Yeah, spindles just sitting around everywhere. But, uh, we have a question in the chat that says, "Okay, but what was your favorite AOL Instant Messenger away message?" I <laughs> so <are> cuts. <laughs> I loved the emo song lyrics. Like I had so many boys I was crushing on who would just be like all the like an Avril Lavigne quote or something. I I just I I can visually see the little like star you know wavy thing. I, I'm it's all coming back to me now. Celine Dion. <laughs> oh, I don't even remember. Um, I, cause I know I use them, but I do remember. And, uh, like a lot of people would 
like literally put their status. Like um, I remember friends in college would put like their class schedule on there. Yeah. And I remember telling people like, Hey, I probably shouldn't share that <laughs> kind of info. Like I'm going to, I'm not going to be home at these times. So, you know, if the doors unlock, just come in. Like, no, like don't Here's let people PO know box. that much. Right? <laughs> Security was, a, it was a big deal back then. <laughs> right. Yeah. Very different, different mindset we had back then. I remember uh, hanging out in a lot of Pokemon chat rooms back in the day. <laughs> oh, man. Well, speaking of chat rooms. So the, the three of us were all in developer advocacy. I guess technically all at Microsoft. Uh, Sir B. Dougie is at uh, specifically at GitHub. But you posted a video that I just watched yes. this morning, and I wanted to dive deeper into it, uh, all about the future of developer relations, developer advocacy. Uh, do you want to kind of give us what, what's what was the video about? Give us the intro. Yeah, I'd love to dig, dig deeper into that. So yes. the 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 title, the sub the subheading was like everything I knew about developer relations was a lie, and there's, we love there's a, a clickbait. We and that's it. exactly what it was. <laughs> it, it was actually a clickbait video um, because there was someone who responded to a tweet of the video and saying that uh, developer relations has different channels, it has different principles, and it actually has not been around a long time. Uh, I would actually preface that developer relations has been around for a long time. Uh, it's been around since Apple and Guy Kawasaki in the 80s, where he would go to all the user groups and relate with developers at the user groups and traveling. And it's part of like my early in interactions with DevRel was going to meetups and engaging Jamstack developers at Netlify, because that was my first DevRel job. And so the, the video is basically... I always, I didn't want to do DevRel. Like that, that was never my goal. I always wanted to be senior engineer, principal engineer. Like I just wanted to write code and I liked doing talks. And at my previous employer, they convinced me to set to eventually to start giving more talks and then eventually just take the job full time because I'm doing a really good job at it. So I might as well continue. So uh, eventually they convinced me to, hey, we're not going to give you a paid cut to take this job. So I might as well just do the job and still write code. Uh, so that was one of the myths that I talk about in the video is like developer relations, you should be getting paid as an engineer or if not more. And I, I really truly believe that because not only you're writing code, you should be able to ship features um, for whatever apps or ship your own features. Um, you all have a 8-bits website that you, I'm sure you all probably put together uh, for this. You didn't go pull an engineering team and ask them, hey, we don't know how to do this. Like you just figure it out. Um, so like DevRel, you just have to figure a lot of stuff out. And the one thing that the video covers eventually, which again, clickbait, it, it was really just to get you to look at the conversation. It, it covers that. I think that I personally think DevRel should probably start expanding practices for so many years. Uh, we've had all these YouTube developers that are doing a great job and sharing content, doing tutorials and screencasts. But they weren't based in San Francisco. They weren't based in New York. They didn't have access to all the big companies like Microsoft. So now there's a whole new change of like, hey, we need a new skill set because we can't travel, stand on stage and schmooze and have like really nice cocktails with the rest of the DevRel folks, which I know it's more than just that. But on the surface, it looks like that. So what can we do to expand and still engage communities? And I think what's really happening is things like this, like doing the podcast, doing the live streams, doing the YouTube videos, the doing the edited TikToks as well. Like I think those are all unique, um, unique platforms for you to engage your communities. And that was really the purpose of the video. Uh, and also I wanted to point out too as well is like, I, did, I didn't really want to force everybody into doing Twitch and live streaming and having a nice pizza behind their head and a cool camera. 
Like the goal is really just do something, try it and try a new thing. Uh, because that entire video I, I recorded, I recorded while live streaming, live coding. So what I, I did, because I, I was like, I need more time to make videos. I don't have enough time. I've got two small kids. I'm already live streaming two days a week. Let me just go ahead and go full screen on the live stream. I always do this because someone asks me a question, they trigger me, and then I answer the question in a long five-minute monologue. So it was one of those. I, I did a monologue, I edited it, and then I uploaded the, I uploaded the YouTube three weeks later. Uh, so like it wasn't it wasn't intentional to like do it right before the show, uh, but it, what was intentional is like eventually I'll upload this, and I ended up for that one live stream I got three YouTube videos. So that's one of three around the subject. So we'll see how the rest of them do um, as far as clickbait go. But um, <laughs> but what I, what I'm getting at is that it was just me just trying things and this trying new things to see what works because I know what's not going to work is go travel to New York and speak on stage at a conference anytime soon. Like what's going to work is me yeah. do that same talk and then upload it to YouTube. And it can get it can reach so many more folks than would have yeah. been in a in a smaller room. I'm sure. That's so I love the idea. I'm I'm stealing this idea, Brian. I'm like killing two birds with one stone here. <laughs> well, <laughs> like feeding two birds with one scone. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. TM. I love it. I'm not this is brilliant. Because Hashtag it's so Tina. true. I think I've leaned more towards streaming because the time and the effort and the energy that goes into editing and producing and doing all of that is a lot of work. So I'm gonna have to like use this tactic. This multitasking thing. <laughs> yeah. And like the one thing we we were chatting about this off air, but I know we're doing this through StreamYard. Uh, like OBS is a, a powerful platform. StreamYard is a powerful platform. You could actually go full screen, have a monologue, and it's like, okay, I'm going to clip that out. It's going to be a YouTube video. And then continue with the rest of the, the, the show, the coding, the whatever you were about to, to show off. And like, I think one thing that I found is like most time when you're streaming, like you have like the sort of five minute intro, uh, because not a lot of people show up when you first start streaming. So I just started using those first five minutes for my monologue time. So if I know I need a YouTube video for the week, uh, I'm just going to monologue on something I thought of a tweet or something that sort of triggered me and like triggered me in a good way. Uh, but like, Hey, that's actually a good idea. I should actually answer this question or I get the question all the time. Like, how did I get my job at GitHub? I created a YouTube video while live streaming. Uh, it wasn't as clean as the one I just shipped. But uh, the other thing to point out is like, if you look at any of my videos six months ago, a year ago, uh, they're pretty awful. And it's, <laughs> it's, and I say that, I say that openly because it's learning in public. Like yeah. eventually I learned how to do lighting. Eventually I learned how to even use a camera. I didn't know anything about cameras before this year. And now I do because YouTube is a wealth of information. Yeah, I think that overall, at least for me, I've noticed the landscape changing so much and that historically, I feel like we would come in and we'd have a very well rehearsed demo that would run perfectly and we'd walk through each piece of it. And what I've actually really enjoyed about the the panini or the pandemic, I guess I should say, is I get to learn out in the open with a lot of different folks. And and this goes both ways. I started tuning into Brandon and PJ Stream on the weekend uh, where they were working with .NET stuff which I had, and C Sharp, which I had never worked with before. And that, 
it, there's a very, it's a very, very different learning experience to watch two folks struggle through the Stack Overflow, the open source projects, the docs to actually figure out how to do something versus watching a very succinct edited down video of like, here's the five steps that you need to like get your <laughs> website up and running yeah, on yeah. blah, blah, blah. So I've really enjoyed the, not only just the realism of being able to learn with and learn from people in public, but also um, seeing how other people debug, seeing how people yep. uh, run into walls. Cause I can't, I think a big part of me for starting out in this industry is wanting to throw my computer across the room because I thought I was stupid. Like I was like, this is hard. And I think seeing that this is hard for very, very senior folks out there and seeing how other people um, problem solve has been a huge learning experience. And it's big, wonderful welcome change in DevRel. Yeah. And the one thing that I do as well as part of the, the reason why I started streaming in the first place is I found as a developer advocate, I was traveling a lot. I wasn't writing enough code and yeah. I wanted to find a place to like actually just get code done, help do some demos that I'm probably going to share on stage eventually. So I just started streaming as sort of like, this is the stake in the ground. This is why I want to, uh, like, this is where I'm going to write code every week. And like, this is an immovable time. It's a code block. I won't change it. Uh, and then I also have accountability because people are showing up and, and <laughs> like asking questions. And I spent uh, two weeks ago, I spent like way too much time trying to figure out why ESLint uh, and Prettier was not working in my VS Code. <laughs> it's something that's like trivial. It's something that I, I've had work forever, but I don't know what broke. Uh, the chat kind of helped me fix it. Like we're just like Googling together and trying to figure this out. I'm like, this is like, this is not what I want to write code. Like I want to write code today, but I'm fixing my editor. Um, right. And we all learned together. We went through this process. They all got to see me struggle. And, uh, and then eventually I closed VS Code and I opened up Vim. And that's how we got through it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shout out to everyone who's ever joined me in a chat when I'm having to relearn regex for the 500th time uh, in my life. It's made my life so much easier to live stream it this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love the folks that chime in um, who do know the answer. Yes. Uh, we, uh, Chloe brought up the, the show I do on Sundays with my buddy PJ. Uh, he's on Twitch as Metzen Around. And we were trying to figure out something because we're, we're building his or he's building a website. So we're building it together. Uh, neither of us are web developers. I'm a mobile developer. He's just n now getting into learning to code. And we couldn't figure out there's a CSS problem because, of course, there is. Uh, and we literally had somebody in the comments giving us the recommendation. And then finally, we just kind of asked, like, hey do you want to just join us real quick? Are you comfortable coming on to the stream? And literally like a couple of minutes later, he's on, on the stream with us and he's like, Oh yeah, there it is. Do this. And then everything was working. It was incredible. Yeah. And we would have spent hours, if not days trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's like group pair programming. It's the absolute best. And so scary. Like I will say openly as a woman online was terrified to start live coding. <laughs> But I found that to be a very brave and defiant act because it's a very vulnerable. I used to do musicals, y'all. I used to sing and tap dance on stage. And I find live coding uh, more difficult, if not uh, <laughs> triple the amount difficult because um, showing that you don't know all the answers, that you have like have flaws. And I love Brandon, your stream with PJ, because you have two completely, we have a, a comment in the chat here that's saying, um, 
how oh, I need to go back here. It was Sarah, I believe, saying even just knowing what terms to search for and what links to trust when you're getting started in a new tech mm-hmm. area is so tricky. And that's something that I've noticed with streaming with folks who are newer to tech is there's a huge, huge amount of value uh, showing kind of these things that that are inherent knowledge for us that need to be shared out in the open. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that. Um, <laughs> apologies, Brandon. I, there's, there's a comment from Anthony about uh, coding being a performance art, yes. and I think uh, the one thing that I, I reason why I did streaming is because I wanted to get better at live coding. Yeah. Uh, also, I wanted to get better at webinars. Like I was awful. Oh. Like I could speak on stage and talk through some slides, but it was when it was like silence, <laughs> no one talking, and just listening to me go through slides, and like I have no idea if I'm doing good. No one's laughing at any of my jokes, right. uh, and I can't even see chat. Um, and then Keynote takes up my entire screen, so that just makes it even worse. Uh, Keynote, what's happening? What are you doing? Um, but what I'm getting at is, uh, like, it is a performance art because then you learn how to fill in the blank space with like a, a story, or fill in the blank space with like, oh, well, this is not working. But did you guys want to watch this YouTube video with me? And I just do that stuff because as I'm doing that, I'm unblocking my brain, and then I can go back to the problem and. Basically, it's a giant rubber, a room full of rubber ducks. That's that's what streaming is. You just blew my mind because I too get really nervous and dislike webinars, and I just realized in you saying that that just doing streams is basically doing a webinar. I've tricked myself into enjoying this. <laughs> so I hope I didn't ruin it for you. <laughs> so, yeah, so- silence is hard. Hey, Callie, <laughs> I agree. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah. Brian, we only have a couple minutes left, and I know um, uh, we had chatted about some stuff in the pre-show that I want to make sure we touch on everything. So we have a link to bdougie.live here. Tell us a little about that. Yeah, so bdougie.live, is um, that is my website. It's a website I actually created while live streaming as well. Uh, I did the whole, I learned how to use Figma and Sketch a couple years ago and never put it into practice. So I started learning how to use Figma again on air and created some templates. Uh, and then I properly got a designer to <laughs> make it better. Uh, and then from there, I wrote some code. So it's a Next.js site and uh, hosted on Vercel. And it's just a way for me to learn some new skills and some new technology, but also share what I'm working on on stream. It's also, the other thing about it, it's, I don't talk about this enough, but it's actually, there's no backend for BWG Live. It's a GitHub repo. That's the backend. So the way I do new posts is I open up a new issue on the GitHub repo, and then I mark it with a label called publish, and then it shows up on the site. So oh, if wow. I want to keep up to date with like my portfolio and what I'm working on, I just have this really cool interaction. There's no database. It's a GitHub repo. And then I get to sort of slow down and be like, hey, by the way, did you know I work at GitHub? Flex. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Oh, my that's gosh. Amazing. I love how that's all um, integrated together. And you can yeah. watch the videos of you making this website on the website. <laughs> on the website, yeah. <laughs> so if any of us like me, whose minds are just blown, that you can make a, a a website out of a GitHub repo and use issues to publish content to it. You know what you have to do now? On bdougie.live. Brandon, you have to do a live stream, live streaming, going through Brian's live stream <laughs> content and making your own. It's going to be uh, a whole Inception thing. And then I'll it, do it from yours. It'll be a whole, oh my gosh. break the internet. <laughs> might break time and space as we know it, doing a live video about a live video about a live video. But it's worth a shot. <laughs> yeah, it's worth, I mean, if you were going to blow your mind, GitHub uses GitHub to build GitHub. 
so imagine pushing to GitHub and deploying from to GitHub from GitHub, and then see your GitHub changes live on GitHub after you deploy. Think about that. GitHub <laughs> all along, it's true. always it's, was. It's, yeah, gr- GitHub all the way down. C sharp. <laughs> Visual Studio is written in Visual Studio. I love yeah. that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first. Mind blown in the comments. This is. We're dropping an exclusive content on the show. Yeah, we're unveiling too many secrets. I can actually hear the CIA tapping in. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. we got to wrap it up. <laughs> and people can follow you on Twitch and Twitter. It's all the same handle, correct? B-Dougie-Yo? B-Dougie yo And the funny thing about the yo is that the don't go to B-Dougie on Twitter. That's a, a mild-mannered father who plays games sometimes and sells insurance. Uh, <laughs> definitely go to B-Dougie Yo because I want you to holla at B-Dougie Yo instead of just B-Dougie. Love it. <laughs> and I also feel like there needs to be some sort of collab between Git Trends and Open Source soon. I can like sense. I can yeah, sense I think we're solving happening. similar problems. Yeah. <laughs> I like that because yeah, we we don't have a. There's no website for it because oh, really? I'm just a mobile app developer. Um, I barely know how to make a website. Uh, <laughs> I, I barely know how to make a mobile app. Oh, my God. Like she pees Done. in a pod. Your Xamarin got in my GitHub. Your GitHub got in my Xamarin. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, this has been such a great, great episode, y'all. I'm so excited that we've got to talk about so many different things from pizza to the developer relations to, oh my goodness, GitHub, all the things. Um, what other, you said that you're streaming something today or no, you mentioned. So I will be streaming. Something. So we do this thing called Open Source Friday on GitHub. So twitch.tv slash GitHub. And me and my colleague, uh, Michelle, or Mish Manners on GitHub, because we go by GitHub handles everywhere. Um, we're going to be pair programming on this GitHub interaction, which talks to GitHub and then shows up in your Twitch. Uh, it's hosted. It's actually leveraging WebSockets and some really cool things like that. Um, and also super simplistic in the sense of it's just JavaScript and index.html. We try to really abstract away all the framework stuff and make it very focused on just learning the, the pieces of the code. Uh, and it's been a great experience because Michelle, she's not uh, she's not an engineer by trade. She can put a website up together and like do a WordPress stuff. Uh, but I've been teaching her all the basics of GitHub through the entire process. So if you want to see code spaces, if you want to see us leverage GitHub discussions and open up issues and how we sort of approach merge conflicts, like that's all stuff we've been covering on these live streams. So uh, again, at the twitch.tv slash GitHub. And uh, yeah, I think that's uh, kind of sums it up. Amazing. Oh my goodness. I can't. What time is that, Brian? Yes. Uh, so that will be 6 p.m. Eastern Standard. Uh, it, whew, man, that's uh, it's an APAC friendly time because Michelle is based in Melbourne. Uh, so mm-hmm. it will be, uh, sorry, 6 p.m. Pacific, um, but 9 p.m. Eastern. And then do the rest of the math on your own. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Time zones. Yeah. <laughs> also, daylight savings time is now this, this juncture of everybody else not following America and switching the uh, time zones is it's painful for a global team. Yes. I hear that. Cause yeah, Europe changes their clocks at a different rate and it's, it's all sorts of confusing now. And yeah, I I wish we would just, everybody could just coordinate in UTC. uh, Cause (laughs) who cares what your local time is or who cares where the sun is in the sky at when the clock says 12 PM, let's just all standardize. Uh, But that's a, 
That's a rant for a different time. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, got, I've got a lot of stuff to rant about. I used to do time zone math for my, one of my first developer oh. jobs, and that was no. painful. Um, sorry. Because twice a year, nothing worked. The biggest <laughs> thing I learned in 2020 was um, setting expectations with time zones for myself, building my Animal Crossing Azure-powered turnip timer. Uh, because it's one thing to alert everybody at 5 a.m. in the morning that turnips are available on your island. But did you know that 5 a.m. is can be different days for other people. Like yeah. <laughs> it's time zones, time zones. That'll be next time we have you on B Dougie. We're going to have the whole oh, time zone. Happy to always come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, this has been another uh, weekly episode of uh, Brian madness, our second Brian of March. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Brian. And I'm going to be watching your live stream later. I'm really excited to learn more about all these GitHub things. <laughs> All right. I look forward to having you in the chat. All right, Brandon, how do we close out the show? We still don't have our closing out moment here. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, thanks everybody for joining us. We'll see you back here next week. Till then, take care. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>